I'm Jeannie from Tyrion's Landing, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Did you know there's a fatality where there's, a in the new Mortal Kombat, where a character punches a guy's nuts into his stomach and his stomach explodes and it shows... It shows her punching his nuts, and they go into his stomach in like an x-ray mode, and then his stomach explodes. That seems that seems unnecessary, Do, I would say. It? For Mortal Kombat, you think? I mean, I, you know, I'm not up to date with the latest uh, Mortal Kombats. In fact, the last one that I played was three... That, in the arcades? That was a long time ago. Yeah, and so uh, I think they've become like progressively more graphic, which I guess would make sense. But, but I mean, like you see dudes like dangling nuts, and then you see a close-up of her punching them. Sure. And they go into his stomach and his stomach explodes. That's kind of messed up. I saw a montage of some other fatalities from the new one, and they're like, there's another one where Katana, who's the ninja with the fan, yeah. she she uses her fan to, like, cut a guy's head in half, like, lengthwise, and then you see their brain, and their brain just kind of slips out of their skull. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that one, actually. Um, it's pr- I, just in general, it's pretty. it's a pretty graphic thing. Yeah, well, it is, it's Mortal Kombat, not... Uh... Not, uh, I don't know, some other name. Good one. So, yeah, no, that was a really good joke. Thank you. you. Really well, thought, it, you really I mean, it wasn't really, like, it wasn't going for a joke. I was just... It was a really good not joke. Well, but it wasn't, in like, I mean, what is the author's intent, right? Like, who are we to say that? Today on Unqualified Gamers, we are going to talk about Final Fantasy XIII-2 for eight hours, because that is the maximum amount of time allowed on Google Hangouts. And that was in no that's, way sarcastic. I mean, that sounds fantastic. Uh, did you know there's a guy named Noel? Noah? <laughs> Noel? <laughs> no, his name was Sora. His name... There's a guy named Sora? And he has yes, a keyblade. Yes, he does. Yes. The guy in Final Yes, yes. Listener, if you've not played Final Fantasy 13 2, which by the way is not actually all we're talking about this episode. We're also we going to talk about Final Fantasy plan- 13 3. Yeah, we actually didn't plan on talking about Final Fantasy 13 2 at all, and yet here we are. You brought it up. <clears throat> it's like the seventh circle of hell that I'm in. <laughs> right? Like actually- there's that one like there's that one circle where the guys are all like face down in poop. Uh, and then there's that other circle where the guys are all like dragging around other guys through the poop. And then there's that one circle where the devil has you in his jaws and is constantly chewing on you. And that's reserved for, you know, like Judas, like like the really horrible people in history. And then there's the seventh circle where it's Cody talking about Final Fantasy 13 2 for the rest of your existence. And that's for just me, the most horrible person. Yeah, that sounds roughly right. 
All of that was plausible. On episode 107 of Unqualified Gamers. You know, uh, we have a uh, a history with the number 107. Do we? Yeah, West Middle School. Um, Was that the room number of a room? You don't remember 107? 107 was the, like, detention room. What? Remember? Why you do don't you, remember this. Why do you remember that? Everyone no, remembers that. I guarantee my, you. Are... My memory uh, from being a kid is is more related to where certain secrets are in video games. I basically don't remember anything of my childhood and only remember where to find certain things in various video games. I guarantee you all of our friends listening right now are going to be like, yeah, 107. It's like where you got sent if you got in trouble with the assistant principal. It was just like, yeah, you're going to get sent to 107. It could be that no I, ever... like, I never went there, so it could be that. I I mean... I mean, that's possible, but I don't know. It's a thing people... Like, it's just... You didn't call it detention. You called it 107, and that was the thing. So 107 was... You know, it was just like... Detention yeah, can't you need, hold you need to report. Me. Yeah, he did what to you? You got to go, like... Tell the teacher I'll send her down to 107. Like, that was it. It was just 107. So for me, 107 is synonymous with detention. So it's appropriate that you started the episode by talking about your version of hell. Yeah, and certainly a version of detention. And certainly a version of detention. But that was 107, and there was no air conditioning in that room. Or the school, to my knowledge. Right, yeah. No, that extended beyond 107 to basically everything of middle school. That is yeah. true. But I feel like it was especially hot in there. Like, it was strategically situated within the middle school to be the hottest room. So when people were serving their sentences there and their punishments, they were relegated to the warmest physical environment in the school. But I only went there, like, once or twice. It certainly could be. So, um, there's that. Well, anyway, uh, listen, we're going to try not to make this detention-like for you. I am Cody, and this is Jonathan, and we're going to talk about video games. We we will talk about Final Fantasy games today. John, uh, in, in his quest to play through many of them, and me in my actually, I've been playing a new uh, a new one ish. It's not well, it's not. It isn't. It isn't. It's whatever. I don't know. Um, but first, how are you? It's been a while since we've talked, hasn't it? Yeah, we missed last week because life. Oh man, I. My life has been incredibly crazy lately, and I don't know why, but it's been very crazy. Uh, so yeah, no, it's just been crazy life. Uh, kiddo's doing well. Uh, he got sick again because that's what he does. He's incredibly good at that. Uh, I actually stayed home for the first time with him on a work day. He was he was so sick, and like my wife, she just couldn't like she had all of these really important meetings that day so she could not stay home she uh yeah so so i stayed home um he was like running a fever of 103.5 the night before i mean it just it literally came out of nowhere like kids are kids are the worst kids are the worst they are the best but they are the worst so he just like she was like yeah he feels really hot and it was the first time ever where i like felt his forehead and could tell oh yeah like he's like legitimately sick this time um so we went to the doctor and of course they said nothing was wrong and that we just needed to give him tylenol and that's what we did and he was totally fine because of course he is because he's a kid so he can you can bounce him on the ground and he just gets back up and starts running around again because he's a kid uh so that happened um 
we had like the most beautiful weekend that I can ever remember. Maybe in Minnesota, it was like 70 degrees every day and sunny. So we finally cleaned out the garage after all of that mold garbage that was in our basement. Yeah. All of the trash and stuff that had accumulated in our garage, it is finally all gone. Like, the garage is usable again. I, like, caught up on on a little bit of yard work. I mean, it was just, it was an excellent weekend. And Grandma took Max one night, and so we got to sit, we sat on the patio for, like, an hour and a half and drank a bottle of wine and then sat over at the neighbor's house at a bonfire for the rest of the night. I mean, it was just, it was super pleasant. The weekend was super pleasant. That sounds that was, very pleasant. I know, and then I found twenty bucks. Good. Um, that's low key AF. You know, what AF stands for. Um, Anno Domini, or yes. a- no, after death. It was low key. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was low key after death. That is a thing that happened. Yeah. So what did? Uh, yeah. So what did you do? What did you? How? How I, uh, are you? I had. I had a birthday. You're like old as balls. So we're not going to say how old I am because uh, an actor never reveals his age. He's but 40. 40 yeah, I am old. 40. I am 40 years old. Um, but well, it, with, the way cons- that you, with the way that you live your life, you were at the point of your midlife crisis. I was trying to tell you this. Yeah, one would think. So um, my birthday was the day before Easter this year. And I went home to Rockford for Easter because I was going to – because Easter, because family you- and – are you Jesus? And because I'm Jesus, so I, you know, I had to do that. So actually, that's, no, but, I, you know, I was going to make the stupid, tired joke, no, but I play him on TV. But what's funny about that is this coming Saturday, I'm going to be in a sketch comedy show called Marijuana Rama, and I am actually playing Jesus in a scene. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I've actually performed the scene before, and it is actually... One tell, of the best. Tell me, you're going to tell me that it's very funny. That you're very funny. Oh, it's, in it. it's it's one of the best written sketches I have ever read. I take no credit for the writing of it. It's it is it's one of those sketches where it's like even if the actor is bad, which I'm not saying I am, but let's say that I was or that I were, I, it would still be a funny sketch because the the writing is just that good. You know, um, just very clever. So anyway i'm gonna be jesus this weekend but two weekends ago i was not i was just in in rockford with the folks and the girlfriend and the family celebrating away and uh here's what i was so originally my plan for my big birthday weekend my big milestone birthday weekend was friday go out and get trashed and act like a 20 year old so i don't miss being young anymore mm-hmm. and then Saturday go home and my family will probably do something nice for me and then Sunday like Easter and then that's kind of it well instead everyone was either out of town or busy Friday so Friday I had a date um, celebration with my girlfriend which ended up being fantastic and she was wonderful and that was nice um, and then Saturday I was like alright well cool I don't get to see my other friends but like my parents will probably do a little thing for me or I don't know give me a cake or something I don't know whatever like, and I even told her, I was like, yeah, my mom's probably a little stressed because uh, I'm coming home and she like wants to know what to do for my birthday or something. We get there, neither of my parents even said happy birthday until I brought it up <laughs> after dinner. <laughs> we, hey, we this went- is what happens when you get that old. 
Nobody gives a shit anymore. That's yeah, apparently, a- apparently, apparently. So, um, so on top of that, we went to uh, St. Peter's, which is my, which is uh, a parish in town for for Easter for the Saturday vigil, which I know is longer than the Sunday masses because they they include like confirmation candidates and they do a little baptism and like it's a it's a longer service so i'm like okay hour and a half two hours we're out of there it was the mass on saturday that we attended was on my birthday it was two hours and 20 minutes i was raised catholic and went to church every week i am a churchgoer i enjoy church that is a long service (laughs) I mean, I've been to figure fifty weeks in a year, eighteen times. I've been to nine. What is that? Nine hundred. I've been to like a thousand masses. I have literally. This is the longest. That's an awful ever. long time. That's a lo- awful yeah. long time. Emphasis on awful. So <laughs> it actually it actually wasn't. I mean, it wasn't intolerable. Like there was nice music and um, actually the highlight for me was uh, my girlfriend is. Um, was the delicious sandwich you get in the middle of She made me a delicious sandwich in the middle of mass. No, she is fluent in Spanish, and um, for whatever reason, and my mom does not know this either. She's actually mildly annoyed by us. The little booklets they gave us with the prayers and everything that you could follow and the readings and things like that were in Spanish. So there were there were books Rather the than pews. English? Yeah, there were books, and this is not a Spanish church. It's like a... it's. It's just not. Um, there were booklets in the pews, and you could flip to the right part or whatever, but they had printed these specific little, you know, the little booklets, like just 30 pages or whatever, for those specific Easter services, and all of the readings were in Spanish. But what I did was I ended up just reading along in Spanish while they spoke, and it ended up being kind of fun. It's like practicing Spanish, and I learned a couple new words. And I'm sure so, that your girlfriend, who is very fluent in Spanish, I'm sure she loved that. As she also got to practice. I, I don't know if she is a religious person, but she pro- if she's not, that she basically probably got like a religious lesson lesson of Spanish words. Um, she actually did learn a little bit of Spanish because some of it's like kind of archaic, right? Right. Because uh, yeah, so um, so it was it was mildly entertaining for for both of us, and and the service was fine, but yeah. So you had a beautiful, nice weather weekend, and I went to a two-and-a-half-hour service. It's great. And your parents forgot your birthday. No, they didn't. They, they got me a cake on Easter, and it was really nice, and I was very happy. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. It was actually a very nice Easter. The cake didn't say he is risen, right? Because, like, that's a totally – that cake wasn't for you. Um, It didn't. Okay. It said he is old. Yeah, no, so, that one was for you. Yeah, they rubbed that one in. So there's that. Well, good. Uh, it's been, again. It's been a while since we've talked. So I am assuming you had a chance to play something. Yeah, I did. Um, and it is it is Final Fantasy. Well, I've I've played a couple things. I I have I began Transistor, uh-huh. which is by Supergiant Games. Yeah, that's super exciting because you and I have been I, we've been like teasing the fact that we want to play that game. We've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I played like an hour and a half or so of it, maybe two hours, and then stopped. This was like a week ago. Um, I'm I'm gonna finish it. It was fun. I just haven't really been home much. And when I am home, I'm I'm busy. I'm moving in a month into a new apartment. 
Um, so you're packing stuff. I don't know how much stuff you pa- have. Well, I'm not packing yet. Uh, right now I'm selling stuff. Like I sold a couch the other day because I don't like that couch and it is very cumbersome. It's like 96 inches long. Um, so yeah, it's like a seven foot couch or whatever that math is. Yeah, no, that math. Max, I think it checks yeah, out. No, that checks I can, out. I can hear Max typing in our Facebook group right now. No, it's this many feet. So it's it's a bunch of feet. It's it's large. It is and a bunch. That is a bunch of feet. I think it is a bunch of feet. It's large and cumbersome and heavy. And I was like, I don't want to move it into a place where I have to get it back out again. I don't like this couch anyway. I want one that's more comfortable. So I sold it. I have some other miscellaneous things I'm going to sell. Um, but listing those and getting those sold is a thing. Anyway, I haven't been home much, but I started Transistor. It is super fun. Um, I highly recommend it. I, I really, really like it. Um, it's it's one of those you, games like you it, don't talk about games. You don't talk about games really until you finish them. So I don't expect a lot of detail. Not so much, but I will tell you, I started playing it when my girlfriend was around, and it it's one of those games. Again, she's not, like, big into video games, doesn't know a lot about video games, but it's one of those games where I can play it around someone and just look at it and say, like, video games are are art, kind of. Or it's just a really cool, unique thing. I mean, rather than going into that particular conversation, like, we can at least agree that this particular game is, like, a cool, unique thing, right? Yeah, it's it's just... Because I, I look at games with a different critical eye now, like trying to see things from an outsider's perspective, because I am dating one. Right. Um, and, and like everything about the game, from the sound effects to the music to the the user, you know, the overlay, the graphics and the menus and the character design and the models and the writing are so... Like, they, they're so immersive, and that sounds like a very, like, kind of obvious thing to say, but when you get a game that really, like, every little thing just meshes really well, it's it's like you're... Finishing each other's sandwiches. Yeah, basically. Yeah. No, it's just, you know what I mean. It's like create... It's like a really good book that creates a very vivid, vivid world that you're oh, able I... to get into. And, Absolutely. You know. You know, we've been there. Bioshock Infinite. Um, you can, oh yeah, you can find that. They... Yeah, yeah. We talked about that a bunch. Um, you can look up that uh, podcast. John and I talked about Bioshock Infinite at unqualifiedgamers.com. But we've talked about it before. Um, but but Transistor is one of those games. I just think it's just very, I hear very it's, well done. I hear it's got a really cool um, battle system, like the way that the uh, the way that because from what I understand, you get you unlock like. Um, Almost like lines of code. Is that what it is? Something like that. And then you com- kind of. And then you combine them together, and you can basically combine. There's like an infinite number of combinations, basically, and that's an exaggeration. There's obviously not an infinite, but the number of of combinations of these abilities that you can combine together is staggering. And then they each have different effects when combined. Is that close? Am I close? Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I only have like six abilities unlocked, and what you do is uh, you set roughly one to each face button so a b x y so you've got four kind of main abilities and then let's say you get a fifth ability well you can make that fifth ability one of the primary abilities or you can junction like kind of uh use the junction system it can be you like can... a secondary ability to one of those other primary abilities modifying it 
Is that what it is? It can is? be a modifier. You can either use it as a modifier or a primary ability, and that goes for every ability. Oh, that's insane. That seems like there would be a billion ways to play that. Yeah. So for each, so let's say I have like eight abilities. Any one of those can have up to seven different modifiers. And <sighs> Holy shit. So that's... I, ha- I have to play this game. I've, it's been on my list forever. I have to play this game. Yeah, so I don't know what the math is there, um, but uh, that's a lot of possibilities. Um, uh, it equals so, a lot. It equals a lot. That yeah, is it equals math. a lot. It equals a lot, yeah. And the way the gameplay is done is it's pretty cool, the combat system, because you don't need to know the abilities like the back of your hand immediately. Like It's not like you have to memorize it all and like be doing it super fast. Um, what's cool is that that system of being able to customize a zillion ways fits in really well with you essentially when you attack you go into bullet time and then you kind of map out what uh, attacks are going to do in what order whether it's running or like running a couple a couple feet and then attacking and then running and then attacking and you've got you know like a set amount of attack kind of things you can do of ability points of ap Yeah. Kind of. You map out these abilities, and then you kind of execute. You, 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 like, hit execute, basically. And it does those moves really quickly, and then you have a cooldown, like in Secret of Mana, 100% beep or something. And you spend a couple seconds basically running from enemies during the cooldown. But in that way, you're able to... And you can you can kind of backspace and go back. Like, let's say you map... Like, the, you're going to uh, use the same attack four times. Well, let's say you change your mind. You can do it four times and then hit, like, backspace and then replan your last move before you execute. So you're, like, writing your own little choreography of the series of attacks you're going to do while everything is frozen and then executing, which means it's not all real time. And I think that that... So there's almost, like, is- a real-time strategy element to it? Um, ish, I guess. Um, I don't know if that's the best job I, I could do of explaining it, but um, but I think it makes sense. Yeah, you you like hit a that button seems and it weird. Kind of, yeah, you hit a button that kind of stops everything, and then you like you you, you write a pro- you write a program. Yeah, you basically write a program. You write a program, and, and then you execute the program, and then execute it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that sounds that that sounds really cool. Yeah, there's there's a limited uh, so enemies are moving while you're doing this. So if you try to like just spam a bunch of attacks on a boss, that boss will usually move after one attack. So you can't plan that far ahead. Um, so you need to do attacks to try and spread and hit a lot of different enemies and hit ones moving at different speeds. So there's a lot of like little calculations, and it, it's really fun so far. And of course, there's like talking throughout the entire thing, and the storyline is very interesting. Um, you have a very, sword. Like, you have a sword, right? Sword that talks? Yeah, your sword talks to you. I mean, um, swords are going to do that. And there's a big story behind that that I haven't fully finished yet, and a lot of characters, and yeah, it's just good. It's a good game. So I've started Transistor, and uh, and I, I, I will be more motivated to keep playing it if you play I've heard it's only like a four or five hour game. So I mean, I need to play, I need to, trust me, I know I need to play it. I think I'm just going to, this weekend, I think I'm just going to do it. I'm going to find some time to at least start it. I think I'm going to do well, this just, weekend. Yeah, just text me when you do, because I'll definitely finish it when you do, because I do have a little extra time this month before May. I and I'm going to do it this weekend. All right, gonna cool. Do it. I like it. I like it, yeah. Um, so yeah, I played that a little bit. I started Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, but I only played two levels, so I have like nothing to say about that yet. Um, but that is now 
I've broken the seal, so I I can kind of actually start playing that now. I'm sure there's a really deep story for that one too, right? Yeah. Um. Actually, there is a storyline. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's, and I'm I'm sure it's dark. Uh, try to guess what it is. <sighs> Bowser has kidnapped Princess and or Mario, and it is up to Captain Toad to bring them back by tracking treasure. Close. Replace Bowser with a different enemy. Wario. Dif- uh, less less mainstream. Waluigi. Less less main charactery. Birdo. Mm, close. Mouser. Uh, not Mario Two. Uh, the Koopa Kids. Probably. I actually don't remember. Probably Lucky Two or something. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> and then replace Princess and or Mario with a different character. Little Peachette or Toadette. Toadette. Am I right? Yeah. This game sounds stupid as hell. <laughs> Same storyline as every Mario game. I know. I'm kidding. Um, and I will say, I played. Uh, I got a GameCube controller adapter for the Wii U. Did you? Yes. Um, there are now third-party adapters on the market that apparently are as good as Nintendo's official version, which they made four copies of for some reason. So I got it. I don't remember the brand, but I got it on Amazon for twenty bucks. Same price Nintendo charged. It works fine, and I played Smash Brothers with Russian John, who was in town last week. And, Is Smash uh, we... Brothers a tower defense game? Um, no, close though. We never got can it be tower defense. No, no. Okay. You're you're sure there's no tower defense mode in Smash Brothers? Yeah, no. There's a and Mario Party why... mode. I don't know why John was playing it with you. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Well, there is a Mario Party mode. I don't understand what that is, and I don't think I care to. We'll play it when I come to MartinCon next month. I don't like. I don't think I want that though. Like it doesn't mm, sound like do. any. But it it literally sounds like nothing I want. Well, that's what you said about NES Remix too. Yep, yeah, and when you got that, it was literally nothing I wanted. Yeah, but the fact is, I got it for you. G- yeah, you know what? I guess you can't deny the fact that you did in fact buy it. So that's there's a very, that. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, uh, yeah. Um, so I played a little Smash Brothers, and it was fun. And uh, and it was it was I Smash liked... Brothers. I'm sure. I'm sure it was fun because it was multiplayer. Because Smash Brothers is really fun multiplayer. It, it was pretty fun. Um, you complained a lot about how there's. You think it's stupid. There's no like subspace emissary multiplayer or like a campaign kind of a thing. I didn't think. I said any of those words. I think I said I had fond memories of Subspace Emissary, and I really liked it because I don't have people I can play with all the time. Right, and that the new Smash Brothers is stupid and only an idiot and the would worst play it. game ever, and probably yeah, yeah. and probably yeah. In fact, definitely the worst game ever. No, I did say. Right. You know what? I did say that. Right. Exactly. So um, along those lines. Um, I think I think we we were feeling that a little bit. We 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 played the multiplayer event matches, which are good. But I think I think it would have been nice to play like a story mode with them. But what can you do? I like the game still. It's, it's fun. It's whatever. So yeah. I played some of those things, and then I also played a mobile game that I'll talk about as soon as you are done talking about your thing. 
Yeah, so I, I, all I have is a Final Fantasy update because I legitimately did just play. That's not entirely true, um, but I did basically just play Final Fantasy games, like I said. So, um, Final Fantasy, I'm simultaneously playing through Final Fantasy four and Final Fantasy six. Final Fantasy four being on my big screen, which I mentioned last time. Final Fantasy six being on my iPad. Um, Final Fantasy four, I'm all the way to the end of the giant of Babel near the end of the game. So basically there's nice. three dun- there's three dungeons left of that game. There's the, the the remainder of the giant of Babel, which is like one more room. And then there's uh there's Bahamut's cave and uh the final Crystal Palace. Like that's that's literally everything that is the whole game. Um I have like in the new version of the game they've added a couple of things one of them is is a mapping system and you get rewarded for mapping um everything and i've never mapped everything in the 3d version of the game um you get an augment at the end that is a good augment um but i'm i'm doing that for the first time and i did that for the first time and it was really freaking annoying in some of the places with the the hidden passages that i didn't really remember all that well so i did oh. i did all of that and um i'm a little I'm a little miffed at the game because if if you remember me talking about it the last time we talked, um, I kind of I broke it. Um, I you claim the game is really hard. I tell you that you just need to use the augment system in 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 a couple of ways and it makes it easier. And I mentioned that one of the ways you can do it is you can make it so that you can make it so that S- Cecil, your main character, can attack from the back row, can counter every hit that he is attacked with with whatever ability you want. So I have him countering with with the ability called kick, which is a physical attack against every enemy on the screen. And then I have it, another augment that makes it so that he is the only target ever for enemy abilities. So anytime an, and and every enemy will always attack him and he will always counterattack with a physical attack against every enemy on the screen and he takes half damage because he's in the back row. So it's legitimately like I walk a couple of steps and I get into a battle and then I look at my iPad. And once the battle is done, I may need to heal Cecil. I may not need to heal Cecil. And then I walk a couple more steps and the fight the only thing that I'm that I'm interacting with anymore in the game is fighting boss fights. It's kind of dumb. And keep in mind, you carry over augments from... For, you have three total playthroughs to carry over augments in this game. In the, the new version of the game. So, like, if I start this game again, you know, a year down the road when I want to play this game again, I can start it up. Cecil will have all of the augments that I have taught him from this particular run-through of the game. And I will quite literally be able to walk through the entire game. So that's kind of an interesting thing that you can do with this version of the game. Um, so I'm I'm probably... I don't know. The, the final dungeon is legitimately difficult um, in the new version. I don't know if you got that far in the new version of the game, but it's like legitimately very hard. And it's not one that you can just walk through. You have to you have to interact with every battle. So I will that'll probably take about three, four hours to get through that final dungeon. Maybe maybe more like two to three. What about Bahamut's dungeon? That's relatively easy still. Really? Yeah, because the the first, like the enemies throughout the whole dungeon in Bahamut's dungeon are basically the enemies that you fight in the first two levels of the Crystal Palace. So it's it's not too bad. It's really not. 
Even with behemoths? Don't behemoths counter every, like, physical attack you make or something? They counter magic attacks with with a, a weakness attack that, like, min, like makes your party's hit points a one-hit kill, but then they'll always, he'll always attack Cecil whenever he attacks, so that doesn't matter. Um... It just, it do, look, it doesn't matter is what I'm trying to say. Like, most of the game is trivialized by the current augment setup that I have. Um, so there's that. And then for... for five, Oh, and the game is still great. Like, I don't know. The, the fact that I can walk through it is dumb. I think that that's dumb. Um, but it's old, it's old game design. And, like, for the time... You know, role-playing games aren't made that way anymore. So... Back when Final Fantasy, the when the Super Nintendo role playing games were being released, the philosophy was was a when you when you were playing the game, the objective was to um, create like a like a, a dungeon needed to be an exercise in um, what's the word I'm looking for resiliency maybe. Um, like you basically just needed to, you basically just needed to be able to manage consumables, um, and then manage finite resources like magic points because you'd need to heal in between fights, um, and so you'd need to like make sure that by the end of the dungeon you still had enough of these finite resources to fight a boss, right? Whereas modern game design tries to make the the moment-to-moment battles, like the actual individual battles, each challenging. So, just to, to give you a compare and contrast, in Final Fantasy IV, I can walk through the game. I have to heal after every battle that uses a small amount of MP. Possibly by the end of the dungeon, I'll, be, I'll run out of magic points, and I won't be able to heal during a boss fight, right? In Final Fantasy XIII, each, which is a relatively new Japanese role-playing game, each individual battle has the potential to kill you, if you don't play it strategically, but all of your resources are regained at the end of every battle. So they try to make the individual battles more interesting. And to be perfectly honest, that is a far more exciting game. Uh, like, I definitely don't enjoy the playing of Final Fantasy IV anymore nearly as much as I used to. It's just kind of academic to me at this point. Uh, and it's just kind of a trip down memory lane more than anything. Because it just reminds me of a time when I was sitting in my bedroom upstairs, like on a Saturday morning, playing this game for five hours, right? Because yeah, it's like I'm... it's it's like not the most fun thing to play anymore, and I'm more than willing to admit that. I think that's fair. Uh, I remember growing up, probably when we were in like grade school, we you know you get to you, you get to a point in the game where you just hold the A button because it's rapid attacked when you're walking on the map. Exactly. Exactly, and uh, so like, yeah, and I don't remember playing the game for the first time. I bet it was awesome. I bet there was a great sense of exploration there. Like, I bet it was amazing, but I don't remember it because I it was so long ago. I just remember passionately loving that game, and I did. I mean, I I really truly did. So, um, that's that game, and then Final Fantasy VI. I'm playing. Wait, on wait, the wait, I- hold on. You told me to ask you... You told me you were going to ask me how I remember certain things in Final Fantasy IV? Um, you texted me or you, you chatted me on Hangouts and you were like, hey, how many times have you played the Final Fantasy IV? And I was like, I don't know, a zillion? And you are like, okay, because I have some questions about the way you remember the game. 
storyline oh, or something. Yeah, what was that going to be about? It's <laughs> a good question. I should have written just... down exactly what I was going to ask you. What was I doing? It had it was relatively recently because I was just playing it. Is there something in the game that doesn't like that seems to stray from the way you remember the storyline being? Oh, oh, I remember what it was. Um just in terms of in terms of of I guess balancing the game. So, I remember vividly when you get there's a ninja that you get in the game. And uh I played Cody and I played this game a billion times on the Super Nintendo. Both of us did. And I remember that when his name is Edge, and I remember that when you get Edge in your party, all of your characters have like 2000 hit points at this point in the game. Um except for your magic users. But Edge enters your party and he has 790 hit points. And I remember that number specifically because I was always like why is he so weak when he enters the game and it never changes. Do you remember that? I remember him being weaker. <clears throat> I don't remember 790 specifically, but it, I do it was, remember it, it being around 1000. It was definitely 790. So, um when he joins your party in this game, he has 1500 and is far closer to your level. And it's just like this game, this version of the game came out on the uh, on the on the DS, um, and uh, it was very obvious that that was still a time when Square really cared about their games, because it's an excellent version of this game. Like they added a lot of stuff, they updated everything. You know, it's all 3D models compared to the 2D sprites that it was before. They took a lot of care with this game, and I don't remember the year it was released, but it was quite a while ago, right? Because it was in um, when the DS was still around. That had to at least seven, eight years ago, right? Yeah-ish, something like that. S- something like that. So let's contrast that now with Final Fantasy VI, which is a game I'm playing for the iPad, right? I think it came out about... Th- this particular version came out about three years ago. Um, so they did something really weird, and they changed... It's still in 2D. It's still like sprites, Right. Do you remember, have you happened to look at pictures of Final Fantasy VI um, from the Super Nintendo recently? Um, No, I mean, I remember it. I may have played VI more than I played IV growing up. It still looks really good. Like, those original sprites totally hold up. They still look really good. Yeah, right? they really do. Oh yeah, well, I played through the. Yeah. I played through it on Game Boy Advance like five or six years ago. And I remember, uh, we had a comp... We, not on this podcast, maybe, but we had a conversation recently about how Final Fantasy seven VII and eight do not hold up, but like four and six totally. Well, four not, but six totally does. I, th- I think even four does to a certain extent, and yeah, it totally does. Like it totally holds up. Well, um, they decided, and I don't know why. I have no idea, but they decided that they would. Um, if you look at two D sprites, they they oftentimes look kind of. If you look really closely at them, they almost look kind of blocky, um, and that's just the way that they that they looked back on the Super Nintendo. Um, yeah, but they, not they didn't though. I mean, with the six, they didn't. Really. No, they did. I'm talking about if you if you look super close at them, it basically well, yeah, looks yeah. like a because they're pixels, right? Um, well, they basically took out the blockiness and they made everything look really smooth. Like all of the 2D sprites look really smooth and bad. Like they look like somebody took like a paintbrush and smeared the paint 
along the edges. And that's the only way I can think to describe it. It just doesn't like it doesn't look good. It doesn't have the crispness that mm. it looked and it looked totally fine before. It looked totally fine. It still looked really good. And then you like contrast that with the fact that the overworld is the same. Like they didn't change anything. They just changed the sprites. Oh god. So none of the So nothing else looks any different. You just have these ugly looking sprites on it now and it's like what the hell were you doing the game still plays the same um it plays like a it plays like a 2d it it plays like a an, an snes era rpg on an ipad so like the controls suck um outside of combat in combat they're actually perfect they actually work better i would argue than a super nintendo controller um but outside of combat, the exploration part, you can't control for garbage. And I wish that these damn developers would would use a consistent control scheme for their their damn games. Like in some games, you put your left you put your left thumb on the screen, and it creates a virtual joystick. And then when you take it off, the joystick disappears. And then your your right your right thumb would be used for an interaction button, right? In some games, like this, in some games, the joystick is always present, and you your thumb will always go to the same place to move your character. And then, like, your virtual buttons will be on the right side, and they'll always be in the same place. In this game, you put your thumb on the screen to create a virtual joystick, but it doesn't disappear when you move your thumb off the screen. So there's this big old joystick on the screen. And if you touch anywhere in that joystick, you move that direction. However, if you touch outside of that joystick area, it creates a new virtual joystick instead. It is the worst of all worlds when it comes to control schemes for these damn iPads. For these, it's like it is. I cannot believe that this is what they chose to go. With. It's ridiculous. It's horrible. However, in combat, it's it is as intuitive as you, as you can imagine a menu-based battle system would be. You literally just touch on everything you want, and you touch on the enemy or or a party member you want it to go to, and it just does it. And it's perfect. So that's nice. Um, and so I'm... I literally just entered the world of Ruin, which is about... Damn, th- that was fast. I know. It's about a third or a half of the way into the game. Um, a third. A third, yeah. So... Uh, and I plan to do like all of the side quests of which there are a lot in the world of Ruin so um, that'll take me quite a while but I'll be traveling for work next week and so I'll have a good a good amount of time to play that in fact I might I might I can see myself completing it next week because I won't have anything else to do in my hotel room mm. um, so uh, yeah and so that's that's all really cool and the game totally holds up like I assumed it would I haven't played it in quite a while actually other than the, the way it looks really crappy um but it is so obvious that Square is done making like quality products, at least with their. At least they're not taking. With these ports anymore, they're not taking nearly enough time. Because I'm facing crashes all over the place with this particular app. And when it crashes, it crashes you back to reloading the app rather than. Um, like crashing back to your your pre the whatever previous state the app was in, and so like if I've played for fifteen minutes and haven't saved the game, I've j- literally just lost that fifteen minutes, 
And I'd say it crashes at least once a play session. Play sessions for me on that particular device are about an hour long. And it'll wow. crash once. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I've I've uninstalled and reinstalled the app and it it didn't do anything. So it's just it's it's just a it's just a crappy app. It's a it's a crappy port of the game. But it's I'm, a crappy. It, it is. It's crappy. a crappy. Uh, it's a crap, it's not a an crap. app. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> it's a crap. It's not an app. It's a, yeah. 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 So it's just frustrating because they used to, you know, Square used to be kings of quality products. That is all they made. Um, yeah. I, Although to be fair, Final Fantasy VI is the most broken game in the entire series. Like it's horribly I mean, broken. It is. It is. There were a lot of glitches in the game. Re- regardless, I mean, they like all games were broken back then. That's true. So that I think that's kind of an unfair criticism. And it, it, it I don't know. It just I was playing devil's advocate. I mean, to, to me, Final Fantasy VI is one of the greatest games ever made it, it's in terms of nostalgia value and like how i feel about it like i forget about it there's no there's no game that i have a stronger connection with i don't think than final fantasy 6 so yeah i'm not i'm not saying it was crappy but you're right yeah no you're right yeah square was king i mean final fantasy 4 changed their lives and then final fantasy 6 and chrono trigger coming out at the same time like what are you doing and then in one Christmas, I got Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy Tactics. And I played Tactics for like 20 minutes, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. This game is dumb. Put it away. Finish seven. I was like, oh, I'll try this Tactics thing again. And then Tactics turned out to be one of the best games ever made. Also, horribly broken. Yeah, and the, and so they were, back then, back in the Super Nintendo era, and definitely the play, I mean, the majority of their of their hay was made in the on the PlayStation and the and definitely the PlayStation 2, right? So they were just kings and it just seems like their quality has been garbage recently. Now that being said, they did come out with like they were the the minds behind Deus Ex, um which was a great game. Uh but just like like this port and then the the PC port of Final Fantasy 4 that I'm playing is not well done. It's not well made. Um like it just I don't know. They're not they are not what they once were, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Which is sad. Yeah, although you're done talking about those, there's one good thing they've done recently. I am. I am done talking. Very cool. I've been playing through Final Fantasy Record Keeper on my phone. Okay, and you need to do a better job this time of explaining it to me. Even though several reviews that I found online said it pl- all right, when I say it plays like a Final Fantasy game, I, on this podcast, reviewed Final Fantasy Airborne Brigade. Do you remember that? Oh, I do. That was your game of the year that year. That was not. I don't remember any... I literally don't remember anything about the game other than it had no music and no sound effects. Do you remember it was that? A bad game. It was a bad game. It's a real thing. Square intended it that way. Zero music. Didn't they say they wanted you to play your own music when you were playing it? Wasn't that what yeah. they said? Which actually kind of makes sense. For no, some. that's but that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Still pretty dumb. So, um, so there was also Final Fantasy. What was the last one they came out with? Final Fantasy Battle Brigade or uh, uh, all the bravest? 
right? Do you remember Final Fantasy? Did you hear anything about Final Fantasy All the Bravest? I heard it wasn't good. Or it was awful. It, the game played itself. <laughs> uh, oh, I, oh I great. That's, I mean, that's the I, kind of game I want to play. Yeah, no, I didn't even, I didn't even download it because I heard it plays itself. It's basically a complete nostalgia cache, and you have to pay for everything. Like, it's it's like you do one thing, and it's like, oh, yeah, and I pay money. So I've just heard awful, awful things about it, like unanimously everywhere. So these were both really bad. And then it wasn't – it was just like this weird, like – they're weird, like, mini game things, right? Because most times when you download a mobile game that uses a license, that's what it is. It's a mobile game that uses a license, it's a um it is It's like a like, third party that's not the company that is making a game with the company's property. Yeah, like when Dynasty Warriors made a, a Zelda game. It wasn't really a Zelda game, but but with mobile games, like a mobile game will have Exactly. Let, let, yeah, and I I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, of course. The one the one you just gave was a good one. Like Hyrule Warriors is not a Zelda game, but it uses the Zelda franchise. Yeah, but I can't think of any mobile examples except for Final Fantasy is the only one I can think of. When you think Final Fantasy mobile game, it's not a Final Fantasy game. It's it doesn't play like a Final Fantasy game. It doesn't have characters and a magic system and an equipment system and an item system and things like that. It's just some weird thing where you like collect things and it's like Farmville with Final Fantasy stuck onto it. So when I say this plays like a Final Fantasy game, I mean, it doesn't play like a mobile game. It plays like a game where you enter battles, you have a party with interchangeable characters that can attack and defend and use spells, and you fight monsters from Final Fantasy games, and it plays like a Final Fantasy game. Um, If I had to be more specific about one, um, I couldn't because they retooled the system to be what it needs to be on a phone. So they've taken this idea of Final Fantasy, this idea of like, well, what do you do? You go into battles and you have magic system and you can get equipment and you can get items from battles and you can get gill and you can spend those on upgrading equipment or getting new items and getting new spells and things like that and collecting to a degree and leveling up and how can we apply those concepts to a to a not only just a mobile device but a phone that doesn't necessarily have a really crazy processor it's not going to be able to do like super exciting things it doesn't have a robust control scheme so you shouldn't probably be walking around a map unless you want to figure in some weird joystick thing that apparently they don't know how to do anymore so um they've they've mobilized final fantasy and made a final fantasy game that is designed for a phone as a native device. And so explain is... to me how the ability system works. Well, I'll explain how everything works. So um, so you choose a realm when you... And for those of you watching on YouTube, since many of you will be listening to this podcast via iTunes or the Unqualified Gamers app on Google Play or um, other ways. Um, but for those watching on YouTube, I'll kind of show. So there are... there. Um, you you are the curator of this gallery of paintings and each painting represents a chapter from a final fantasy game and each of these paintings are contained in within a uh <clears throat> within a room that represents each final fantasy game so uh for example so there's a room for final fantasy 4 final fantasy 5 6, 7, and 10 right now. They're adding more content over time, but right now it's 4, 5, 6, 
7, and 10, which makes sense because those are probably the most popular ones. They have a lot of equipment from, well, I'll get to that later. Um, so you enter one of these one of these galleries, and there's all these paintings, and the paintings basically take you through the storyline of each game. So Final Fantasy VII, like, there's Mako Reactor number one, and then Mako Reactor number five, which is the progression of the storyline. To your point about Final Fantasy IV, the stages I've beaten so far are the Mist Cave, the Underground Waterway, which ends with Octomam, the Antlion's Den, Mount Hobbs, Fabul Castle, and then Baron Castle, right? Which is how I remember the game. I remember those kind of, um, those beats or those chapters, right? Yep. When you enter one of these paintings, it shows you, it tells you what the, uh, you know, what what the scenario is and just a little write-up of the storyline. And then um, there are three, between three and, actually between one and five battles. Each battle consists of uh, a number of, of rounds. So let's say I enter Mako Reactor number one, or number three or something. Um, there will be three sections of that. In the first one, I fight three waves of enemies, and then I get to hang out and heal or use a tent or whatever I want to. Then the second one, there'll be three waves of enemies, and then normally in the third wave, uh, you fight three waves. The third stage, you fight three waves of enemies, and then like a boss. A wave of enemies. Uh, the way the battle system works is, um, let's say I enter one of these uh, stages of the painting, right? And there's three um, waves of enemies. Um, for example, two. Magitek soldiers will appear. I fight both of those guys, I kill them, and then it, still in the same battle, it's like, okay, wave two, boom, two more Magitek soldiers appear. Cool, I kill them. Wave three is I fight a dragon or something, and then I kill the dragon, and then the battle's over. Um, in terms of what you're able to do, you have five members of your party, so kind of like Final Fantasy IV, uh, IV, you have five members of your party, and each of them can attack or defend or there are abilities that you can purchase to assign to them. So right now in my party, I have Cody, who is me. He is the curator of the gallery. Cause like the main character is you or whatever. So uh, I have Cody, and you can assign pretty much any ability to him. Right now he's got two spells, because I feel like it. I also have Black Mage, just the generic character class Black Mage in my party, um, who has, I believe, Thundara and Blizzard assigned to him. So you can attack, defend, Thundara, or Blizzard. And then also my party right now are Tidus from Final Fantasy X, Rydia from Final Fantasy IV, who can use... Uh, Child Rydia, she can use Cure or Fire, and then Waka from Final Fantasy X. So um, as you play the game, you unlock characters um, from each of the games which I'll, which I'll get back into. So so anyway, um, so yeah, you just use those abilities and you can either target opponent or just kind of auto it, uh, you know, or just hit attack and it'll attack one of them. Uh, or you can hit auto battle and all your characters will just automatically attack. And that's this game's form of quick grinding, basically. Like how you're in Final Fantasy IV and if you need to grind, you could... Well, you've broken the game, but... I literally in, just walk around. Yeah, but in a lot of NES and SNES-style games, yeah, you pretty much walk around and basically automatically do something. That's their answer to this, is you can hit auto-battle if you're in, like, some easy battles and your guys are overpowered. You can hit auto-battle and then kind of ignore your phone. I've played this game at work, like, um, because I'll go... Because um, in order to enter a stage, you have to spend a certain amount of stamina. 
And this is where I suppose some of the payment model comes in. I have like 40 stamina right now. When I beat um, all three stages of a painting, you get um, you get all these dungeon rewards. Like, okay, you've completed the dungeon or whatever. You've completed the three stages. Okay, this painting is complete. Um, and you get all these, these items um, to reward you. And it, wow, my train of thought totally just escaped me right now. Um, you were talking about the stamina system, and you're yeah, talking yeah, stamina, about the, stamina. Pa- the payment. Uh, sometimes, rewards. yeah, sometimes at the end of the dungeon, you'll get a stamina shard. And when you collect five stamina shards, you get one additional stamina. So I started the game with like 30. I think I'm up to 40. So you accumulate stamina shards over time. Um, and, and that's part of their payment method. So, um, so that's kind of how the game is structured. You enter these battles in these paintings. You get items during... While you're fighting, your enemies will drop one of a few things. They'll either drop a treasure, which can be a weapon or armor, or um, or uh, a potion that just immediately re- restores your hit points. You don't keep it. You just use it right away. Or orbs. And orbs are used to create spells or abilities or to upgrade spells or abilities. So, like, I got a lesser dark orb which supposedly I'll be able to use later to create, like, Shadow or Demi or whatever that is. If I get a Holy Orb, I can create a Cure spell with that or a Holy spell with that. If I get a Fire Orb, I can make Fire, Fire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's what the enemies drop, and at the end of the dungeon, you get those, or you get the um, stamina uh, shards to increase your overall stamina. And your stamina replenishes over time. So... Uh, if I use up all my stamina, then I wait two and a half minutes or three minutes or whatever, and then a stamina restores. So okay. part of the, that's that's how they they operate. Like many mobile games, um, I have not had to pay any money whatsoever. I have not felt any desire or need to pay any money whatsoever. Um, with money, you can buy like gems or something that lets you purchase things in game, or I think mithril. I've, I've got, like, 55 Mithril shards. I hoard them. I don't use them. You can use Mithril in the game to, like, continue if you die at the end of a battle. Or you can use it to camp in between battles. So I mentioned um, I mentioned you can cure between battles. You have to spend a Mithril to cure between battles. Otherwise, you, you can't do anything. And once you enter a painting, you can't leave unless uh, you either die or you just exit the painting. Um, but you can't like upgrade your equipment that's equipped on those characters or do anything on those characters. They're in the painting. You have to see it through to the end. Um, so if I'm in a dungeon and after the second battle, black mage and Rydia are dead and I want to take on the third battle with the boss, then I can either just risk it and hope that I don't die. And then if I die, I'll use a mithril to continue or I'll use a mithril to camp and heal everybody in between battles. So, um, it was probably way too granular with, uh, with the gameplay, but that's to give you an idea of kind of the pacing. Um, in terms of the items, you can upgrade equipment by um, basically spending any piece of equipment. Like, uh, like I have a leather vest, right? It's armor. Uh, it's level one of three. If I want to upgrade it to level two, I can use any item. I can I can use a crossbow or another vest or a shard or an orb. I can use any item to upgrade that, and every item is worth a certain amount of experience points. So use experience points to level up these items. So I have ten staffs or whatever. I can I can just like get rid of them all. Um, you can also combine equipment, which is how you level up equipment. So if I have two katanas and I level them up to level five, then I can combine them. Costs a bunch of money, but now their max level is ten. 
it starts back at level one. So instead of two five of five weapons, I now have a one of ten weapon that retains the same attack power. So um, so you can combine equipment and and um, spells work a little similarly, but you mostly use orbs for that. And along with everything you purchase and do, you, there's also an associated gill cost. So you have to you have to pay gill to to do these things. So um, in all of those ways. Um, also, while you're going through the game, this is one really cool thing. Like, um, you get characters from different games, right? Like, from Final Fantasy IV, I have Kane and Dark Cecil, Dark Knight Cecil, and Paladin Cecil. I have uh, Waka and Titus. I have Cloud and Tifa. I have no one from Final Fantasy V or VI yet, oddly. But I've got a handful from those games. When you're playing in their realm, they get a huge stat boost. So when I go to Final Fantasy IV, I want Kane and Radia in my party, and Cecil, uh, supposedly, and any equipment from that game gets leveled up. So if I can equip Cody with a weapon from Final Fantasy XII that's really good, or a weapon from Final Fantasy IV that's really good, I'll go with the weapon from Final Fantasy IV because I'll get bonuses while I'm in the Final Fantasy IV realm. And right now I have equipment from basically every game in the series. It'll tell you which one it is. Um, only have characters from a handful, and I can only visit, you know, like I said, four, five, six, seven, and ten. I have reached the limit of realms currently available in this game, and they are working on adding more. I believe it said that next they're going to add more from seven, and I think Final Fantasy two they're going to add more from next. And uh, no, we're not on eight or nine yet, but those are all in the works for them to build out the game. In the meantime, even though I've beaten every dungeon, when you um, when you master a dungeon, you unlock an elite version of that. So there's basically a hard mode version of every dungeon. Sure. And the max level for the hard mode dungeons in one of the realms is like 48. My characters are level 25 at the most. So there's still plenty of content for me to go through. I just have to grind a bit and like play these elite dungeons and try to beat them. There's also a daily dungeon that varies in its rewards. Like to, for example, today's daily dungeon is from Final Fantasy Oh, what the hell? Let's say it's from Final Fantasy 4. No, it's from 10. Today's daily dungeon is from Final Fantasy 10 and this gives you like scarletite and adamantite that helps you level up weapons more quickly they're worth a ton of experience so when you use them on a weapon it levels up really fast well another daily dungeon may be from final fantasy 2 and that daily dungeon will be you get a ton of gill for every battle and there's another daily dungeon where you get orbs and they're each assigned to a game but every day of the week there's a daily dungeon there's also events, quote-unquote, where there's a dungeon available for a limited amount of time with, like, 10 or 12 stages. I just did the Mount Ordeals weekly dungeon or special event or whatever, so I went through Mount Ordeals from Final Fantasy IV. That's where I unlocked Dark Knight Cecil and Paladin Cecil. Um, uh, the other one they just did was um, something from Final Fantasy VII where you oh infiltrate Shinra headquarters so you fight through Shinra floors 1 through 10 2 through tw- you know 11 through 20 21 through 30 and um and as you go you unlock Tifa and then you can get to the end and the wards get progressively better and better so um so yeah you you just battle in these Final Fantasy style battles 
and try to do the best you can and unlock as much stuff so you can get stronger. And it's it's just a cool natural progression that feels awesome. And uh, the one other thing is strategically. I mentioned that you can you can auto battle through stuff if it's easy. Well, they give you incentive. They rate you at the end of every battle, and they rate you based on damage taken, times you've been KO'd, and actions taken. So this provides you incentive to try to figure out the most effective and efficient way to win a battle, which because is the really... Fewer, because the fewer actions... You, you know what? That's almost like a board game. Yes. That is what keeps it interesting. So... Uh, right, like let's say I've got um, Kane, uh, Cody, Waka, and Tidus in my party, and Black Mage. I can hit auto battle, and that's great because like they all have a pretty high attack, except Black Mage. Black Mage has will do like thirty damage while everyone else is doing six hundred. So I don't want to hit auto battle because Black Mage is a waste of a turn or a waste of an action, and that may give me a lower rating on actions taken. Um, similarly, if I know that Tidus can one-hit kill any enemy because he's powered up, but no one else can, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not having Waka attack, then Tidus, and then two other people attacking the other guy because that's four actions instead of three. So you're trying to minimize the number of actions you take. And this is what keeps it pretty engaging. And uh, and they can, they can be... It's not impossible. It's not like a super hard game, but they can be kind of harsh about the rating. Like, they, they want you to be as efficient as possible. And they also reward you for your knowledge on Final Fantasy games. Like, they will give you a bonus. Um, Final Fantasy IV, when I fought Kignazzo, um, the water elemental, I got a bonus. They gave you bonuses for using lightning to dispel, you know, when it's like Kignazzo is surging and he gets this pool of water around him. Well, he's yes. going to use a tidal wave on you if you don't use thunder on him right then and there. So um, they give you points for that, and then they also gave me bonus points for uh, um, exploiting his weakness to Blizzard, uh, to the Ice Elemental. So um, two things right there, and if you don't exploit either of those things, then you get a really low rating on the final battle. And your rating from the painting overall is calculated based on... Um, each stage combined. So you can master... There's three, there's three ranks, basically, bronze, silver, and gold. Gold is like mastering it. You can basically get a master rank on the, on the first two levels, but if you get like a novice or even sometimes an expert ranking, which is the first and second rankings, on that final boss, you're not going to get a master rating in the dungeon, so you have to go back and do it more efficiently. So um, there's a good amount of resource management in a like a macro way that keeps the battles pretty interesting and exciting and uh, I like the balance it's 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 good and it uses all original music from the games so it, it you have to have an internet connection to play it because I think it downloads the music as it goes so you do have to have like if I'm on the subway and I'm in between battles sometimes it'll cut out and I can't play it which is frustrating but I understand why. It downloads this music. So in Final Fantasy VII, you're hearing the Final Fantasy VII battle music. In the menu, you're hearing the like Shinra reactor, the Shinra like theme song that like, dun, dun. you know, right. like in Final Fantasy IV, you're hearing the waterway music and dungeon music. Like it is all original Final Fantasy music. They mesh sound effects. So you're getting the okay sound effect from Final Fantasy VIII, which is a cool sound effect. Mesh with the sound effects from Final Fantasy IX, you're getting um, the uh, the menu music to like see your party is like the airship music in Final Fantasy VI. The uh, the 
item the uh, item upgrade music is the um Sid's theme from Final Fantasy IV. Like it is all it's all super well done. It is an exercise in nostalgia, but it doesn't feel cheap. It feels like they cr- they made a game, like they made a good Final Fantasy game for a mobile device with robust like combat system and and all this stuff. And it's it's a simple combat system. You press one of four buttons. Oh, you know, also have limit breaks. So limit breaks work the way limit sure. breaks work. It's not genius. So, um, but that's it. That's the game, and it's it's really fun. I think I'm gonna download this tonight and just check it out. Yeah, I I, I would. I would. It, it might take a you know a little bit to get used to yeah. some some learning curve, but you know it didn't change my life. But it is certainly fun. Like when I run out of stamina, uh, some of these advanced dungeons use like twelve stamina per level, so I'm done playing in ten minutes. But um, when I run out of stamina, I'm like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm waiting for the train, I'm I'm legitimately just like, damn it. You know I'm- what you should do because you like this game so much, you should throw it a couple bucks because it's a quality free to play game, and that's what you should do. You know, I'm okay with. Here's my only problem is I think the pricing is is too steep. Like for you to get, um, you can use mithril on relic draws, which gives you rare items, uh, and they they promote that all the time in the game. You get one common relic draw day, it's fine. But these relic draws, you know, I can save up and use Mithril on my own. So I'm like, oh well, you can get eleven. You get if you if you get ten relic draws, you get one free. So how much is that? Oh, five hundred Mithril. Okay, how much is that? It's like forty bucks. Oh jeez, yeah, no, that's yeah. a lot. I feel like the pricing is a bit is a bit out of control. If it was, so wait was, for that to wait for that to change because that'll change. You think? Yeah. If it were like literally, if it were two thirds the price. I'd think about it. If it was about half the price it is now, I would definitely have spent the money. But right now, it's just too much. It, it, it might be thirty, but even at thirty, it's it's like that's ugh. a lot for a free to play thing. And for 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 eleven micro draws microtransactions and... really like I feel like the sweet spot is anywhere from you know one to three dollars or something like that in terms of what what you're you're gonna spend for a little bit of something. Yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah I I. I would spend money on this game, but only if it's only if it's getting me something worth getting. You know, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out tonight. Yeah, there you at go. Least, cool. At least see. Just but. a couple of PSAs regarding some downloadable stuff. Uh, Hearthstone is now available <laughs> on iPhones. Oh my and god! From what I know, and from what I understand, the interface is very good. I haven't downloaded it yet, but I will be. But can you imagine that anywhere you go? everywhere you go. I don't think it's at the Android store yet, but it's only a matter of time, right? Like it has to. If it's on if it's on iPhones, it's going to be on Android phones. It's Blizzard. So, uh that is a really cool thing. Uh and the Humble Bundle just for uh and this episode will be up because when the the new Humble Bundle is out, um the Humble Origin Bundle 2 just got released, which is EA's offering of games. Now, of course, because it's the Humble Bundle, it's not like their newest and greatest games. You're not getting your... uh, But you're getting a fantastic selection of some of their slightly older AAA games. I'll just give you the list. Um, uh, It's got Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare, uh, Peggle, Dragon Age Origins, and Dragon Age 2. Bejeweled 3, Mass Effect 2, Dead Space 2, and Medal of Honor Allied Assault. 
um, and Command and Conquer Generals. Uh, you get all of those for like the the slightly over the average price, which you know is like five bucks, or you can you know support charity and pay a little more than that. And then they're going to add a couple more games, but it's like it's seriously an, an incredible offering of games for that. Dragon Age Origins by itself is worth at least five ten dollars by itself. So there's a ton of really good games on that. So check out Hearthstone for free if you've got an io if you've got an iPhone um, or another iOS device, and then be watching for that to come to Android phones soon. And then the Humble Bundle too. Uh, just go to humblebundle.com and it's it'll be up there. Um, and it's the Humble Origin Bundle too, and it's awesome. That's amazing. I have two <clears throat> quick PSAs as well. We, as you know, we're members of the Gunning Geek Network, and there's a couple other shows with a couple cool episodes that I'd like to quickly promote before we close. This week on All Things Good and Nerdy, ATGN episode 154. That sounds like a dirty sexual act. That's the name of the episode. That sounds like a dirty sexual act. Uh, Special guest host Ryan is here to ensure that the ATGN crew talks about Netflix's Daredevil. I've heard good things about that. Oh, Uh, I can't wait to watch that. Really? Yes, I am so excited to watch that. Netflix has been killing it. Every single show that I watch on Netflix, I like. Every single original program, I mean, I should say original program. Every single original programming show on Netflix that I've watched so far, I've liked. Did you watch Orange is the New Black? Yes, that is. Okay, good. Casey and I love that show. Love oh no, it's a, it's amazing. That's a, yeah. Have you watched? And now, I haven't watched. What's the one that everyone's obsessed with? Just came out with a new season like two weeks ago. House of Cards. House of Cards. House of Cards is is amazing. And then I'm watching. We're watching Bloodline right now. Casey's not as high on it, but I really like Bloodline as well. But Daredevil just came out. Super excited to watch that. Well, on all things good and nerdy, uh, early verdict is that it's really good. I've heard that too. Ryan's excitement for Daredevil starts the show before Chris tells us about Google's new patent to eliminate spoilers. Naki gives the news on the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, and the ATGN crew fills you in on the rest of the nerdy news. What? Five Nights at Freddy's movie? That'll never go. I just can't see that going. Right? That can't. Why? Because it's the same thing as all these other video game movies. They always get like, you know, like in the works means that there's like a script written. I don't know. I just can't see it. I can't see it. All right. And then uh, also this week on the Gunna Geek Network, on the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, episode 90, a heated podcast. Damn, we're getting hot this week. The tempers flare this episode as Wing dukes it out with Steven over the state of the DC Cinema Universe and news of Star Trek crossing over with Green Lantern is enough to fire up JS. I did hear about that. Uh, Star Trek Green Lantern crossover. In between these topics, the crew discusses Ryan Reynolds' first images on the Deadpool set and how Android apps are now available through Chrome. What? Were Android apps not available through Chrome before? I don't know what that means. But they talk about it, so there's that. Finally, Steven wraps up with a special edition of Steven's Geeky Stuff, the Audio-Technica AT2005 USB first impressions. What do I have? I have Audio-Technica. I don't know what kind it is, though. Mine's an ATR. I think it's an ATR four X three thousand. You made well. It could be. It could be an ATAT Walker. Mm-hmm. It's just in camouflage right now. It's so, probably yeah. not though. Go to gunnageek.com to check out those and other geeky podcasts and our podcast. And we're also on YouTube and unqualifiedgamers.com. Um, next week, it sounds like if you have hotel connection issues, then maybe I'll throw up like a solo something or whatever. 
But I'm looking forward I to you... I hope to be able to record. I hope to be able to record next week. It'll be in a shitty hotel room. Uh, actually, it might be a nice hotel room, but it's probably going to be a hotel room on shitty internet, right? Because it's going to be hotel internet. So we'll see what happens. We're going to give it a shot. Well, do you, are you going to have to pay for that? Because we don't have a budget. No. no. And I wouldn't if I had to. Well, of course not. All right. Well, I you're hope not. You you're get... not worth it. I know that. I hope that you get free internet and we can do that. Um, especially because you're going to download Final Fantasy Record Keeper and tell me how I explained something horribly poorly because I know I'm not that good at explaining games. But I don't know. I've been playing a lot. I feel like I, I did a reasonably thorough job. No, so. I'm going to do it. 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 We're going to do this. You're going to do it? You're going to do, do, do this? Are you going to do it? Are you going to do that? I'm going to do this? You're not going to probably not going to download it. I'm probably going to download Hearthstone and then just forget when, when it comes to Android, I want to download Hearthstone, like, yeah. badly. Yeah. Why? Like, that, yeah. I, I played a couple games in the last, like, week or so, and it, yeah, I, I don't want to can, play it can all you, the time. Can you, can you imagine that, like, being just a bus ride? Like, what a game of Hearthstone? Of course, it's like a 510, it's, yeah, it's going to be a problem. It, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and it's awesome, and uh, I that's all I have to say about that. So, um, listener, please visit us at unqualifiedgamers.com and show us some love, whatever that means to you. Um, what does that mean to you, John? It means that I love you. Who? And Not you. you listener. Who, listener. Why do you... I, I love listener. What if listener is boy? I love listener. Listener. 